the hoes and ropes. No. <laughs> but these these okay. nine hoes these, these robes. These robes. Yes, because that's what they are. I'm sick of their ass already. This whole six three thing. I have, you know, the only time. Well, we'll save all that for the show. I was about to say we can just go we'll in with cold show. open. I'm tired save. of these hoes and these robes. I'm tired of them. Okay. I think we should cold open it. Go ahead. That's Dustin. fine. You know. These hoes in these robes. I just, you know, that's what it is. And it's time that we had the discussion about why these hoes is getting put in these robes. Okay? <laughs> that's what we need to get down to. Cue the music. I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and your host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the latest breaking headlines in law and justice and power, stuff everybody's already talking about. And we dig deeper into exactly how our courts impact the culture. And we break it all down for you. We go gavel straight to your news feed. And what I promise you is that each and every week, we're going to keep it above. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. And uh, supreme power to the people. <laughs> Let's hold court. As we are taping this very episode, the United States Senate is about to vote on confirming Amy Coney Barrett. Now, she's going to be the successor to the late, great Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I have deep, deep feelings about that. Yes, I do, too. And rest in peace to the late, great, notorious RBG. Indeed, a queen she was. Now, she was a queen for many reasons, not just because she sat on the court, Dustin. Mm -hmm. That's great. But what I I really rock with uh, for RBG is the fact that she held that positioning. She was deep in the arena. Yes. Okay, we talk about people. Everybody's a critic. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was in the arena fighting for the rights of women, broader civil rights for people of color, people that look like you and me. Absolutely. The rights of the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. Um, It can't be overstated. If it wasn't for Ruth Bader Ginsburg paving the way in which she did, I know I would not even be able to have a bank account in my own name without my father or husband co-signing. Damn, Ebony. I wouldn't even be able to pursue a mortgage. I mean... It's incredible. So, so, so the accolades, the impact, the legacy of this woman cannot be overstated. And so, when I look into uh, the future and see what's about to replace her legacy, it really, really, um, I'm overly bothered by it. I, I, I'm a bit disgusted, if, if I can be really candid with you. I I'm hate a little to say sickened. it. I mean, she's literally the last of a dying breed. Literally, literally, literally. the last of a dying breed, and it's shameful and disgraceful to watch us once again be on the wrong side of history with this nomination, this appointment. Yeah, yeah this, woo, I, I got to come up with a new word to even describe what this is. I got a couple a tra- of them A tragedy, <laughs> a travesty, yes. um, all of the above. And, and what's really bizarre to me right now, Dustin, is on the eve of this election, we are literally less than, by the time this episode drops, we'll be like, what, six-ish mm-hmm. days? Less than a week. Elect- less than a week. Um, and look at look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg direct correlative legacy on elections. Not too long ago, okay, just a few years ago, the Supreme Court weakened. I'm looking at you, Clarence Thomas. I'm gonna get to his ass in a minute, okay? They weakened the protective voting rights of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Yeah. Okay. And what the court did just a couple years ago is they gutted the most valuable protections that allow for elections like the one we're about to have, Dustin Ross, to not be stolen from the American people. Shameful. Shameful. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the dissent, and in it she said, removing protections like those of the 1965 Voting Rights Act is like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you are not getting wet. Lord have mercy. Because you are not getting wet. It's profound. It's epic. So, again, in her place now, we're going to have a, a woman 
But the only thing these two women, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Amy Coney Barrett, have in common are the fact that they have vaginas. That's it. That's it. That's all. Ideologically, they could not be more opposite, Dustin. Shameful is the only word that I can think of to just accurately describe this feeling. It, it is, is shameful. Well, we're going to talk about um, how we got here and where we need to go, as we always do on Holding Court. You know, yes. we're a show about solutions. Um, after we get mad as hell, we come up with ways to uh, right. provide solutions and, and, f- and focus going forward. And to help us do it this week, we got the good brother, Bakari Sellers. The one and only. I'm so excited for this. It had to be Bakari on this. You know, um, pre-production calls, Dustin, we were talking about. A, and I want to take a moment here to just explain how we do guests yes. on Holding Court. Yes. Right? Um, this is not an interview show. You and I were clear on that. Mm-hmm. I was I was clear with you when I asked you to join me on Absolutely. this venture. Right? Um, if you're looking for an interview show, folks, you got to keep on scrolling. Yeah, they're this there. Is not it. This ain't it. This ain't it. Um, this is a show where Dustin, uh, you and I are, are, are putting this show on our back and we're carrying it every episode. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. when there's a voice that advances the conversation to another level, a more nuanced level, a more dynamic level that can offer our audience that deserves everything more. Yes. That is a voice that will be on holding court. Absolutely. And for this week, it had to be Bakari Sellers. Yes. Bakari has been deep in his bag, y'all, on the importance of the, the Supreme Court, on federal courts in general. He's been deep in his bag. I'm going to let him speak for himself mm-hmm. on how the Democrats um, – they, they just ain't got this shit right, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, but I'm going to let Bakari say it how he needs to say it, and, and I'm going to ask him a lot of questions, Dustin, because I'm curious. He has a brilliant legal mind as yes, well. Yes, he does. Um, he's a scholar. He's a, an attorney. He's a podcaster in his own right. Author. Um, he's an author. Yep. New York Times bestselling author. Yep. Let me give this man his full flowers. Um, a son of, of South Carolina. That's it. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to talk to him. So we're going to talk to him in a minute. Uh, but first, got to get to this week's docket. Let's get to it. Okay, so I don't know what it says, Dustin Ross, about our country, about our beloved culture, that in the midst of a global pandemic, which Mm -hmm. is still very much going Mm -hmm. on, shout out to Mm COVID-19, in the midst of a generational election that will probably be the most impactful of our lifetime. In the midst of bloodshed in the streets, of black bloodshed in the streets at the hands of the police, in the midst of that. You know what the most... Buzzed about thing in the culture is. I just I don't even want to hear the word no more, Ebony. Y'all y'all can't see it necessarily if you listen to the podcast, but I'm caressing yes. this Hermes Birkin bag right here. That's right. The culture is all a buzz. That's right. About these damn Birkins. The hottest topic. I'm so sick of the damn word Birkin, I don't know what <laughs> to do. I'm sick of it. Every time I hear it, I just do the Heisman. I move out the way because I'm tired (laughs) of this fucking conversation. But I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead, Ebony. Okay, Kanye. I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. (laughs) And then I'm going to cuss you out. Okay. Um, So, yeah. No, you're right, Dustin. It's it's so utterly ridiculous. But I'm going to get to why I wanted to put it on the docket. Yes. It's like, listen, this docket is all about what the culture, where the the pulse of the culture is. And for Mm -hmm. better or for worse... I don't understand it. But let's be informed. I don't get it. But let's bring the people what they need. Clearly, the culture is very, very concerned, upset, and and prioritizing this Birkin conversation. So let's get into Birkingate. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. Saweetie. 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 That's what her name is. That's Because I'm looking at it, and I said, help Auntie E out. This, I know she's beautiful. I want to start beautiful. with that. Beautiful. Love she's her beautiful. music, actually. Um, she slays on the carpet. Yes. And she, she'll give you a bop, for yes. sure. Um, but I was uh, 
Saweetie there made headlines <laughs> um, by saying <laughs> that if a man is not buying you Birkins and paying, I want to say she said all your bills. Mm-hmm. Did she say put him back in the street? Yeah, basically. In, you know, in, in mm-hmm. not so many words. That's exactly what she That's said. That's what she said, yeah. right? But th- throw, him, throw him back in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was met with a lot of controversy, Justin. Mm-hmm. What? What did you see on the social media feeds? that? Because I, I generally saw a lot of men, mm-hmm. you know, really coming for her throat around that comment. I know what I think about it, but I want to know what you thought. Well, you know, first of all, I'm really, really sick of it. And I'm confused as to why of all the things for people to be in an uproar about, mm-hmm. this is what we're in an uproar about. Let's be clear. This is something that buying a, an Hermes Birkin bag is an experience that not many people may have. No. So it should not be the conversation of the majority in the first damn place. <laughs> Um, but here we are. And once again, uh, black men, myself, you know, the, the people that I represent have shown their ass once again. Why are you so concerned? Why? You know, it, it stoked the fires of that conversation that people love to have about what a man should contribute mm. or shouldn't contribute. And I've just it's never been rocket science to me that your job is to make your partner, no matter if you're a man or woman or whoever, whoever your, partner your partner is, is, your job is to make your partner uh, have a pleasant experience, a, a fulfilling experience in your relationship. Say now, that. if gift giving is your partner's love language or yours, it's mine. I just want to go on record. Yeah, it, well, you, you know, know who don't want a, a box, yeah. but it's my primary. It. <laughs> it's my. I'm just letting you know. Okay, well, you know, I hear you loud. It's my and, primary one. I can't wait to go buy you one. But but here's the thing. <laughs> I just don't get why, if this does not apply to your life, you are so emotionally charged about it. So this is my quick take on Birkin. And then for anybody wondering how this Birkin conversation relates to holding court and the docket, uh, it's going, I'm going to make it make sense real quick. Yep. But I want to say this from the cultural lens first, mm-hmm. Dustin. Now, I don't agree that a man has to buy you a 15 to 20 to actually some Birkins are literally over $100,000 yes. if they're, they're of exotic Skin. You know, materials. Ooh. Care that li- honey, the lizard, <laughs> the crocodile. Yes, yes. It's another level. Yes. It's a different way to live. It just is. So I don't think a man needs to buy you that to prove he loves you mm-hmm. or can, can can even provide for mm-hmm. you. Um, that's a choice. I happen to own an authentic Birkin. I've yes. had it for uh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I love it. For me, they're an appreciable asset, Dustin Ross. It is because there's so few made and so few available on the marketplace that. This bag will actually sell for more today mm-hmm. than when I purchased it a year and a half ago. So people are buying counterfeit ones. Yes. And they're putting them on social media, Dustin. I've seen many, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have mm-hmm. too. Yeah, okay, so here's the letter of the law, Dustin, on this. Okay. In the U.S., selling fake handbags, counterfeit handbags, is illegal under the federal trademark law. It is known as the Lanham Act, mm-hmm. okay, Counterfeit handbags also violate the Stop Counterfeiting and Manufactured Goods Act, which was passed by your Congress in 2006. Mm-hmm. So there is there is law, okay? There is precedent here that the selling of these counterfeit-ass bags is yes. illegal. I yes. do want to be clear. It's not harmless. Now, um, do I see Hermes or Gucci or whoever, you know, spending a whole lot of money trying to litigate and chase your ass down around it? Not necessarily. It's not worth their time. They're making too much money hand exactly. over fist. However, technically speaking, 
you could get a summons because it's not just that y'all are out here carrying these bags. Y'all are posting them, yeah. which actually makes it easy to find you. It yeah. used to be hard to prosecute counterfeit prosecutions, Dustin, because you couldn't track them down. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to Chinatown, like you said, or they buy something off of eBay. It's gone. You never see them again. Right. Well, now folks bold. They buying fake ass bags, counterfeit bags, belts. All these fake ass Gucci belts. Come I on cannot. now. And then they're posting them on Instagram. And it's very clear to the eye, a trained eye, what's real and what's not. I can spot a fake. Say that one more time, please, Ebony, for for the the cheap seats, okay? Because people need to hear exactly what you said is very what? It's very clear Mm -hmm. to the trained eye Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is counterfeit and what is not. And I'm not going to say more Mm -hmm. because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And that's not why we're here. If anything, we're trying to help your feelings, not hurt them, okay? So I want to just end it there. Birkingate, I really hope that this is not a topic of conversation next week. I Me hope this too. is deaded. Me okay? too. Let's dead this. You don't, uh, uh, ladies, if you're canceling men because they can't or won't buy you Birkin, you're doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to say that for fact. And now we're going to move on. Okay, thank you. Oh, mm-hmm. got another story for the docket. Mm-hmm. Miss Taraji P. Henson, who I love dearly. I think she's beautiful. I think she's incredibly talented. Put her on the wrong, add her to Mount Rushmore. Taraji means so much to us. Okay. And whole culture. We Absolutely. love Taraji. From baby boy to Oscar nominated and Benjamin Button. I mean, this sister's range is yes. remarkable. Yes. Um, and she's been doing this for, you know, better part of 20 some years. Yeah. You know, bonafide is what we like to call her. She's bonafide. Okay. A list. Yes. In the culture and beyond it. Yes. A list. Now. Many of us, Dustin, were very happy to see Taraji find love a few years ago. Absolutely. Uh, with a gentleman. And I'm not going to disrespect this man because I don't recall his name right now. It was Kelvin. Kelvin um, Hayden? Kelvin, yes. Kelvin, Kelvin Hayden. Hayden. Okay, thank you. Kelvin Hayden. Um, I think he was a former NFL player. Mm-hmm. And they were engaged for quite a while. And, and they looked good together. Beautiful. It was a stunning couple to see, which I think excited people even more. You very know? handsome man. She's beautiful. You're exactly right. I think he was a few years younger than yeah. her even. but built and she's been working on her fitness they looked great yeah um they were scheduled to be married uh, sometime this year Mm -hmm. like many of us COVID Mm -hmm. got in the way last was quoted in march taraji said they were pushing the wedding till probably this summer yeah what she has recently come out and said on the breakfast club just this past week uh as many people were speculating dustin because you know folks look at everybody's an instagram detective of course and folks hadn't seen uh, the gentleman on her page in a while. Yeah. And she was in a scantily clad bikini with Miss mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige celebrating yes, her 50th. Just look at all the legendary just vibes in that in that. Like, can I be on that boat, by the Please. way? Can, can we? Can we? Okay. What look, we got to do to get that? Love invitation? without a limit. Damn it. Okay. I will be on the boat singing every word. Okay. And quoting <laughs> baby boy. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I can't say it. Jody! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. So they broke up. So her and this gentleman broke up. The question that a lot of my legal friends have been asking I mean, we know the answer, but we've been uh, pontificating. Yes. Is she going to give the ring back? Is she legally required to give the ring back? Mm -hmm. I wanted to put it on the docket, Dustin, because this question comes up every time there's a broken engagement. Yes. So here's the answer If you are engaged or you propose, do you have to get the ring back? Do you have to give it back if, if you were given a ring? And mm-hmm. can you get, can you demand your ring back if you gave it? 
The short answer is it depends on what state you live in. Get out of here, Ebony. Yeah, this is a lot of laws like this, Dustin. You're going to see as we get deeper and deeper into these episodes, almost everything is based on jurisdiction. Mm. So let's talk about it. Now, I can't tell you really what law commands Taraji P. Henson because I don't know this sister personally. Okay, yep. and I'm not in her business. But I'm going to just presume some things. I'm going to presume that she's a resident of California. Okay. I think that's a reasonable presumption. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to presume that her and her fiancé spent some time there because that's where she's based. Yes. And therefore, they would be jurisdiction bound by Cali's laws. Okay. So here's the law in Cali as it relates to broken engagement, who gets to keep the ring. Okay. Law in California says, California Civil Code, Section 1590 states, when either party was uh, contemplating marriage and makes a gift to the other party, they are not legally bound to uh, to keep that in place. Basically saying this, the donor, the person that gave the ring, is entitled to get that ring back if the marriage doesn't take place. Mm. And what's important here is it does, it's no fault. Mm-hmm. The person that gave the ring, let's just for the sake of argument say it's a man. Okay. This man gives a woman a ring, and let's say he's raggedy as hell, mm-hmm. cheats on her, sleeps with a sister and a best friend, wow. and and then has the audacity that he calls it off. Mm-hmm. He still can get the ring back. Okay. Because that's Kali law. It's no fault. It is saying that the ring is a considered a conditional gift upon marriage. If marriage does not take place, the gift is rescinded. See why we need to vote? But go ahead, though, Ebony. Because <laughs> what kind of shit is that? <laughs> you know, some, at a certain point, you got to keep it player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you, once to me, once you propose to someone and ask for their hand in marriage, you do that with a ring, you are supposed to mean that. So if the shit doesn't work out, yeah. let them keep the ring. Some could call it earnest money. As in, hey. as in, you know, some, because hey. that's actually historically, you know, like I'm being funny, but the I'm not being funny. Shit. That's what yeah. it, that's where it stems from. But you know, these, you know, these. Keep it player, y'all. Today. If you propose, if you ask for the hand in marriage and put a ring on it, leave it on the damn hand. That's what you do. You're so Let flat. them keep You're your. So I just feel like Justin. that's the way to go in situations like this. Like, why does it even have to come to a matter of, of legal, you know, legalese? Like, we don't. It, it doesn't have to be that. I bought the ring. Petty. I could afford are petty. it. I gave it to you. You got it. Move on. You You're know. Petty. I want my ring back. So I could go take it to the pawn shop and get a tenth of what I paid for it. Don't marry nobody that's going to ask for the ring back, y'all. That's that's the less, that's the uh, gem to unearth here, huh? Those are the two gems. <laughs> don't, don't marry anybody who's going to ask for the ring back. And, fellas, don't date or marry any woman that is going to equate your value as a provider on your ability to buy her a Birkin. And, and, and I say that as a proud Birkin owner. Pass me the tithing bucket so I can drop some money in it. Because you're preaching today. I, I mean, that, that is, come on. Like, why would you willfully put yourself in, in connection with someone like that? I, I, I want my damn ring back. Excuse me? You shouldn't even want to talk to me if we're over. That's whack. Furthermore, and same with this Birkin shit, you know. You, we, we going to Hermes today. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Like, excuse me? <laughs> like, how does that even come? You like your raisin brand? Now right. let's go to Hermes. <laughs> right. right. What? We sitting up here eating cream of wheat, and then you talking about we going to Hermes, and then they call it Hermes. Right. Okay. Hermes. We going down to Hermes to get a burger. I cannot. Dustin, get out it. of this studio. I I've can't with it. you. Okay, listen. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about the Supreme Court, the Supreme Power that you spoke about earlier, Dustin. Yeah. Again, we got to talk about what's going on at the highest court in our country right now as we speak. This shit is going down real dirty. So stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get into it. Welcome back to Holding Court with Ebony K. Williams. So listen, again, so much to unpack here. 
and, and I want to just put a call to action out there, listeners. We know we're building a, a holding court community here. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what, Dustin? I'm going to give you an assignment. You're on the assignment. Come on. You know how everybody has, like, their nation, their readers. Yeah. We, okay, we got to come up with what are we going to call our holding court tribe? The jurors. Duh. Oh, those yeah, are jurors. The jurors. Oh, Shout out to the jurors. I feel like... That, like, you didn't even have to think about no, it. No, it's natural, baby. We holding court up in here. Right. So we got okay. the jurors. So our jurors. Yes. See? You're so damn smart. <laughs> Look at that. Our jurors. Um, so we want to tell you, our jurors, that as we go down these cases mm-hmm. week after week, whether it's the nitty-gritty, whether it's the docket, and, and, and we're going to just hit some top-level things. We're going to go as deep as we can in the format we can do on this show. If you want more. Yes. Okay, if it's just feeling getting too good to you yep. and, and, and it's an insatiable type of topic that you really just need Dustin and I to revisit, hit us. Hit us, us in the know. comments. Hit us in our DMs because what we're going to do, whether it's um, at the end of this calendar year or when we come back for mm-hmm. 2021, we want to honor that. Yes. We we want to we want to give y'all what you want the most. Yeah, and that's the necessary information. That's our intention sitting in these chairs in the first place. So let us know, like like you said, Ebony, let us know what you want to know more about. That's right. And we can dig a little bit deeper. We can we can we can we go love through that. digging. Deep, deep. Mm-hmm. Listen, so again, lots to unpack here. We'll probably do more in a future episode, depending on what feedback y'all give us. But today I want to just connect some dots in history here. Yes. Because it's important to understand the moment that's happening with um, what's the face that's about to be confirmed. Yeah, what's her face? So the power shifts as they go on this court. Now, in a perfect world, and actually surprisingly, Dustin, it has mostly been the case in this country mm-hmm. that this Supreme Court justice split. Mm-hmm. It's nine justices. Would mm-hmm. you call them nine holes in the, the robes? nine holes in the robes. Okay. Some holes in the robes. That's what they are. <laughs> At least six of them. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the other three just dress. They we just, talking about they the in dresses, holes in the robes. and then the other three yeah, holes in robes. Uh, uh, other six. So historically, though, the nine split has mm-hmm. been pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. So pretty much five, four either way, yes. meaning five lean, lean more conservative, mm-hmm. four lean more liberal or five or more liberal, four more conservative. Historically, that is almost always mm-hmm. been the way. These six, three courts, um, they're not that common. But when they happen, oh, Dustin, it blows the whole shit up. And the reason why is because the five, four split, e- even when it's favorite conservative, um, you have a swing vote. Yeah. And surprisingly, John Roberts, who is the chief justice of Mm -hmm. our current United States Supreme Court, who was appointed by, uh, nominated rather, by George W. Bush. Okay. Republican, conservative leaning for sure. He's been problematic at times. Please believe that. Mm -hmm. I'll get into one example in a minute. But has also done things like save the mandate on Affordable Care Act. Mm. You know, um, recently... Uh, not too many months ago during COVID, he was the swing vote that I believe, a lo- not I believe, I know this to be true. I said, okay, I'm going to give you two points for that, John yes. Roberts. He s- was the s- deciding swing vote that said LGBTQ community members cannot be discriminated against around their health care or employment, mm-hmm. one, or, one or both. Um, so that's important. Either way, a good thing. Either yes. way, a good yes. thing. It was a win for the LGBTQ community, a yes. win for equal rights in yes. this country, which was what we, the hell we're supposed to be about. The direction we're supposed yes. to be heading in. Um, and that's important. Yes. So my point is, the nature of the 5-4 balance mm-hmm. is key. It, al- it affords a swing vote that allows a chance a chance at equality. Yep. Okay? When you've got 6-3, it ain't no chance at that. No. Because it's no sw- there's no such a thing as a swing vote. No. Because it's going to go the same way almost all Every the time. Every time, yep. And it's really problematic. It's really problematic, Dustin. Uh, Thurgood Marshall.
was replaced, of course, by his ideological opposite, Clarence Thomas. And let me tell you why I really, really don't fuck with Clarence Thomas. Mm -hmm. it beyond uh, all the, the bullshit, beyond the way he uh, desecrated the great sister professor, Anita mm. Hill. And I wrote about this in my book because I think Anita Hill is somebody who doesn't get uh, nearly enough credit yeah. uh, for her role in American history. Uh, the culture, even yes, our people, yes, yes. shitted on Anita Hill, shamed her, shamed yep. her. Uh, the man that I'm about to vote for for president, Joe Biden, mm -hmm. shitted on her, mm -hmm. shamed her. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't tell no lies on this yeah. podcast, does yep. it? It is what it is. I'm gonna vote for his ass me anyway, too. only because of these nine seats yep. that control so much for me and my future children. Because we have to do because what we, we have, have to do. do what we have to do. Yeah. But let's be clear: you shitted on Anita Hill, and I ain't forgot it. Right? We see you, Joe. We see you. We gonna to... vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> but we see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of this stuff is at play. Then you have uh, Clarence Thomas, who is actively, you're not just sitting there taking up a seat, right? Oh, that no. would be bad enough mm -hmm. if, like, you're not an active proponent for change and progress. You're just like a lame duck placeholder. Mm -hmm. That's whack. But oh, no, you're much more problematic mm -hmm. than that, Clarence Thomas. You actively undo the civil rights work that was brought to us by Justice Marshall. Unbelievable. Case in point. That case I was talking about earlier. This was in 2013. Yes. I actually really remember this like it was yesterday because I was so I was you know a young vibrant attorney and I was so disgusted. Mm -hmm. 2013, the case was Shelby County v. Holder, mm -hmm. and in it, it reviewed very fundamental parts of that 1965 Voting Rights Act that governs how states and how counties uh, repress potentially. Voting rights ability and access. Now, one one note I want to make here, Ebony. Yeah. Just to show you how much of a damn shame this is, mm -hmm. you are aggressively working to undo something that was actually good for us mm -hmm. from 1965. Indeed. A law that was enacted. How rare in 1965 were laws being put into place that benefited us. That was the vanguard. That oh my was the God. Vanguard, and you have the gall to go and just rip that up. I just gut it. Like, gut that, it like that a is fish. a lot. Gut it like a fish. Um, and again, Clarence Thomas doesn't really write a lot of opinions. He hardly ever asked questions from the bench. Lazy. But he wrote, lazy ass. Mm -hmm. But he wrote the opinion mm -hmm. in the 2013 Shelby County v. Holder case. Mm -hmm. That's how aggressive he wanted to align himself in the history books with the gutting mm -hmm. of the 1965 He probably don't even know how to act. type from the home keys. He probably wrote it just pushing the keys with his that middle finger on it. Yeah, exactly. John Roberts was problematic as mm -hmm. fuck. He said in this same decision, Shelby County v. Holder, um, well, you know, it's a different time now. We don't need those same protections in the way we did in the 1960s around Voting Rights Act. Uh, really, go ask Stacey Abrams about it. Mm -hmm. Go ask all the black people that are standing in lines 10 hours right now, mm -hmm. Dustin Ross, in Georgia, in North Carolina, trying to vote. Yep. Oh, we're past voting suppression in this country towards black people? I think not. I think not. What about the mailboxes they've ripped up out of the ground in the neighborhoods and the polling places that people have to travel for so many miles just to vote. I think not. They said that within less than 24, or the research, excuse me, said that within less than 24 hours of the decision, Texas had enacted the voter ID law. They were ready for it. They, this was their dream. This you know what I mean? To, to deny people their American right to vote. So Yeah, this has, been, um, this has been in the works. And sadly, all Mitch McConnell and his Senate has been able to do is give them 
all of the ammunition they have needed and worked to build to annihilate black rights in this country. I'm going to say black rights, LGBTQ rights. You already saw um, the minute they got, uh, oh, what's his face, confirmed. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Here he come Mm -hmm. with the Clarence Thomas saying Mm -hmm. we need to revisit uh, Mm -hmm. the Gay Marriage Equality Act. Yeah. That quick. The ink ain't even hardly drawn that shit. Yep. Like, y'all, we see it coming. It's That's so all I'm intentional saying. and it's so, so blatant. blatant. Yeah. It's so blatant. We're about to get some important insight from Bakari Sellers on this stuff, Dustin. Yes. But I want to say this before he even gets here. Elections matter. Mm-hmm. Elections have consequences. Voting matters. Not voting has a consequence. Yes, Ebony. Read between the fucking lines, people. Yes. Okay? So if you are feeling any kind of way, you know, we heard Kamala Harris talk about it in the VP election. You know, mm-hmm. it's very, very um, un-American and, and unpatriotic for the Republicans to be uh, railroading this nomination process. And, and it is a fact, Dustin Ross, that when, not if, because Amy's getting confirmed, because mm-hmm. they got the votes. Got it. They got the votes. And it's that simple. Yep. They got that Senate majority, simple majority. And there's no other tactic to be employed here. There's no other moves on the chessboard, Dustin, because Mitch McConnell has has disgustingly yet brilliantly orchestrated a stronghold of political power unlike anything our generation has seen. It makes me so sad. Period. So they fucking get it. The Republicans get it. Mm-hmm. The Democrats don't get yep. it. Bakari's going to speak on it more in a minute, but I want to say that. I want to say I'm not mad at Republicans right now. It's a strategy. All right, y'all. So we've been talking about him all episode. He is finally here, uh, the one and only Mr. Bakari Sellers. But Bakari, you're not new to this. You were the youngest black American elected into uh, elected office in the country when in 2006 you were a legislator in South Carolina. Uh, your resume is, is extensive, it's strong, it's long. You also have your own podcast, the Bakari Sellers podcast, uh, on the Ringer platform. Bakari, yes. welcome to the show. Welcome to Holding Court. Man, listen, I love both of you guys, and, uh, you know, it's just an honor to be here. All right, so uh, as literally you were logging in to join us, uh, we got the, I'm going to call it the bad news. Very uh, bad news. Amy Barrett, uh, Amy Coney Barrett is mm-hmm. confirmed. She's our newest Supreme Court justice. Uh, 52 Republican senators, of course, including Mitt Romney, confirmed. By the way, can we just talk for a minute, y'all? Why are everybody always acting surprised when Mitt Romney votes Republican? Oh, he's, he's a Republican. Republican. Yeah. Right. Show up at one damn protest. <laughs> yeah. One march. He'll put one tweet out, and all of a sudden he he Martin Luther King. Like, yeah. What the yeah. Hell? Mitt is an interesting. He's an interesting conundrum because he, um, he he's somewhat ashamed of of Trumpism mm. and tries to separate himself from it, but he finds himself in these really precarious situations. Mitt's always been described as someone who uh, was someone who was Adiaphorus. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was a, is a true sense fence sitter and you see that in his politics. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not a, he's not a die in a wool, anything, but you can always count on him to vote with the rest of Mitch McConnell. Of course. Right. I mean, he's, he's a Republican policy guy. So yeah. that only make he's but voting his interest. So I'm not personally mad at him Correct. to that point. Bakari Sellers, I'm actually not mad at Mitch McConnell. I'm not mad at any Republican because elections have consequences. The 2016 election has had a severe consequence beyond this Oval Office. Now, uh, the, the havoc to me that Trump has, has wreaked on the Supreme Court 
We got a 6-3 conservative majority that will take generations to undo. And Bakari Sellers, if our folks don't show out in better numbers than they did for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012, we will be looking, your children will be looking at a 7-2 conservative majority court. What does that mean for black America? So, first of all, are we surprised that Amy Coney Barrett got Barrett got uh, confirmed? The answer is no. no. We're not surprised. I mean, at all. My, my dad would always say that sometimes when you see that light at the end of the tunnel, um, it's not light at the end of the tunnel. It's the train coming, right? Mm. And so we we knew the train was coming, but you can still be disgusted about the process. Yes. Um, and I think I think that yeah. a lot of us are just fundamentally disgusted at the process. And then. It puts us in the mind frame of what we did not do in 2008 and 2012 when we had the opportunity. I mean, there's some things like uh, may may God rest her soul, but but why didn't Ruth Bader Ginsburg go to Barack Obama and retire before the election? So he had an opportunity to replace her. I think Justice Breyer needs to do the same thing in the first six months of a Joe Biden administration. So we have that opportunity to put a younger justice on the court. One of the stats that people don't know is that for the first time in, in recent history, all of the federal judiciary vacancies have been filled as of today. They've all been filled and 30 percent of them are filled with Trump appointees. The overwhelming majority we know are white, but the overwhelming majority are white and male. Mm-hmm. And so not only and, and he goes and gets them from the same place and shout out to all my corporate lawyers out there. I, I'm not knocking y'all, but they don't all need to be on the bench. Right. right? And so he goes and gets them from the same place. And so not only do you not have that representative, uh, um, that representative diversity, but you also don't have that background diversity. Like mm. we need people on the courts who are former public defenders or criminal oh, defense yes. attorneys. We need people who have a social justice. And now that RBG has passed, we don't even have a civil rights attorney. So let's pretend for two minutes that. Joe Biden wins this election. You just spoke about one of the things you would tell him to do, which is Stephen Breyer, uh, go ahead and have that conversation where he retires early. And I'm with you. I want to go on record as saying, and I've said it on social media, I'm saying it now on this platform. I think it was a failure on both the late, great, wonderful queen, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Barack Obama. I think between the two of them, there had to, and I'm sure they had some kind of conversation. And I get it, Bakari. I have not earned the prestigious ability to decide when and how I want to deal with a lifetime appointment to the judiciary. That is an honor in which has not been bestowed upon me. So it's not my choice. You know what I'm saying? So I'm careful here. I can't tell this woman what to do with her lifetime appointment. But damn, it would have been nice. Yeah. Damn, yeah. it would have been nice if her I mean, legacy that, could have been assumed by someone who was at least a bit more ideologically aligned. Well, I mean, this is a, this, this 180 that we've seen, we've only seen in one time before in history that I know of. And I'm, I'm you got to get uh, Ellie, Ellie Mistel or, or Brian Fallon or... Kristen Clark, who are like the the experts on the court. But as I go back, you have, uh, of course, um, Thurgood Marshall for Clarence Thomas and now RBG for ACB and having these and having these um, 180s. But there are a lot of things. I mean, Rahm Emanuel didn't take the court seriously. Barack Obama for his first two, two, four years didn't take it seriously. You know, appointing appointing. Merrick Garland and shout out to Merrick Garland, dope dude. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's just he just got screwed at the at the the pinnacle. Imagine, imagine you get nominated and that's that's it though. That's like the highlight. These boys don't even talk to you for 466 days. You just sitting out there. They don't. And so one of the one of the things, there are two things. One, I think he should have appointed Kentanji Brown Jackson a black woman because there wasn't even a groundswell movement to 
to push Merrick Garland. Like they wouldn't know. Right. When was it, When did you get to a When did you get to a, a a meeting where they were like, "Let's go to D.C. to support nope. Merrick Garland"? <laughs> we just took it I, on the chin. We took it on the chin. We took it on the chin. Yeah. So that's first. I, I think the second thing is that for people to tell you that Democrats wouldn't have done the same thing that Republicans are doing today, they they lie. Because if we oh, have if we have six weeks to appoint to nominate and we had the presidency and the Senate, we would do it. But Carl, the if I had stuff, twenty minutes. To get her oh, yeah. motherfucking ass through. I'd be I'm holding the door it. and pushing her through. Go, <laughs> yeah. go, yeah. Go, bitch. Get on the court. Yeah. That's it. But the difference <laughs> is that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have sat on a nomination for no. 466 days, yeah, not even meeting with somebody. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have destroyed the norm um, to that extent. And so that's just why we end up here. And I, I'm hopeful that um, that Joe Biden take and he should. I mean, he knows the judiciary a lot better um, for better or worse due to his chairmanship mm. and, and going through these processes mm-hmm. with Clarence Thomas and others. Some big ticket items we know will be, quote, on the docket uh, with this Supreme Court with Amy on it. Mm. Health care, Affordable Care Act in particular. I think we all know where she'll be on that. That'll, you know, mandate as we know it will be deconstructed, all all of that. Uh, Here's the biggest problem I have. If this election is close, Bakari, Dustin, we're going to have another Bush v. Gore where our Supreme Court will decide this election. That was lit, yep. That's so, my biggest concern. What yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a concern. That's not my biggest concern. First, people always like to say, man, he he t- he ain't going to transfer power. Peace will transfer power. I don't like you got to beat him first, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we're watching, and and uh, Ebony, you you remember these, these days um, when you get these briefing books and all this other stuff, but you know, a lot of us are watching three states. We're watching Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. Yeah. And the reason we're watching those three states is because they um, count all their ballots on election day, and you will know the winner of those three states on November 3rd. If Donald Trump loses any one of those three states, he has no path to the White House. Ooh, and I so really you get to a point. To you get to a point, you do it. North Carolina is actually the rosiest of the three. You get to a point where you you realize that democracy kind of is on the balance in those three states, because if you have to start waiting on mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, they're going to challenge all of those, Michigan, Wisconsin. So, you know, those three states come in early. We we found out last year about 10, 10, 30, about Florida. You'll find, uh, um, you'll find out about North Carolina soon thereof. And if Cal Cunningham pulls it out in North Carolina, um, and he stops texting. Then we will get to a point where we 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 will have a good feel about the. Um, it'll be yeah, around. Um, the, 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 yeah, the floodgates will be open. I'm doing an election watch party at my crib. Mm-hmm. What time, based off of what time we know, results are coming in from the important states Picard just mentioned. Uh, should I start people getting there? Because I want people to be there late enough into the night to where we maybe hopefully know something. But you know, I don't really like a whole bunch of people at my house. <laughs> I mean, I think that you should have people come over to your house. They're gonna, we're gonna call some states around seven. The ones you can just okay. call and so just I put some stuff. Start at seven. Mm-mm. No, start you at should. Eight. Yeah, I would start by eight, eight thirty. Okay. All there right. you go. All right. You got anything for Picard? Just one quick question. Looking through the hopeful lens, right? Let's say Biden does win and we have a Biden administration. What do you think the chance is of Biden and his administration prioritizing the court? Over things like economic recovery and the the healthcare urgency, what do you what do you think the chance is? So, I mean, that's a really really good question. That's a strong question. Um, I don't think that there will be a, a prioritizing like that. I think mm-hmm. that there are going to be buckets, and I think that there'll be those of us who are pushing them on the judiciary. Of course, coronavirus. You have to look at coronavirus in two different veins and vessels. He has to have 
a public health response and he has to have an economic response. Yes. You have the the Paris Climate Accord that you got to get back into. Uh, you got to you got to just you got to tackle issues with Iran and North Korea because both of them both of them are closer to developing and North Korea is developing more centrifuges, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, which we know gives them. And North Korea actually has um, uh, ballistic missiles that can reach main, the mainland. So, you know, you have to do these things immediately. This this isn't even talking about dealing with dreamers and all of this stuff. I mean, he needs to pack. One of the things that I hope he does, and this is going to be our biggest battle, is he's going to have to reimagine the way that this country should look like. And that is, a, I think that's a tall task for Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't need a $1.8 to $2 trillion recovery package. I need a 3 to $4 trillion mm-hmm. recovery package, right? Mm-hmm. I need there to be HBCU monies in there. I need mm-hmm. to, there to be infrastructure monies in there. You know, there's so many small businesses. I want to see what his SBA going to look like to yep. rebuild. So you asked a good question. I, I you know, it, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to take precedent over it, but it should be in one of the buckets or compartments that we deal with in the first hundred days. And yeah. to follow up on that, because of, Joe's, I'll just call it condition, so meaning a, I mean, y'all know, you know what I mean, right? How much do you think Bakari Kamala? Well, it depends on the portfolio that they give her. And um, I think that she has the talent to do absolutely anything that they want her to do. Um, you know, there's going to be these these kind of fake rifts in between the groups of, you know, the first time Joe Biden get asked, is he running for re-election in 2024? All hell gonna break loose because mm-hmm. you're gonna see everybody like, why did Kamala's team? And, and she's not even doing none of that. She's mm-hmm. just sitting over there trying to be a good vice president, and make history. I think she's played the position quite well. Yes, I think she. Oh, she's done yeoman's work during this. But I think that she's going to be over. I think I'm pretty certain she'll be over the economic recovery mm. um, from COVID, and okay. and that's going to be a really ushering that in is going to be huge. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Kari Sellers, brother, thank you for making the time. Yes. Uh, shout out to your beautiful wife, you know, Carolina girls, best in the world. Shout out Ellen. Shout out to your beautiful children. Yes. Y'all do have some beautiful, I, me and my homeboy were going through talking about all the beautiful people we know from uh, Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill. Y'all produce I don't no, even, it ain't do you but... know some from anywhere else? <laughs> I mean, I'm it's kidding. personal. I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's only, it's only, it's only eight black people at Chapel Hill. That's a lie. <laughs> you know what, Bacardi? I'm not gonna let you get away with that. And you can, uh, Ellen will tell you this. We really, we had more black people at Chapel Hill than were at North Carolina Central's whole campus. We were Wait, like that. The, what's the percentage? What's the percentage of that? And y'all like all, 12. y'all all. Like it, it's like a, it, it, it reflects the American populace. I love these Carolina bad. What are you fucking going, talking about, Bacario? Coming up re- on my show, re- throwing shade. The- it don't reflect the North Carolina population. No, it Ooh. doesn't. But we're like a, a little HBCU. Because I can, ask me to name three white people from Chapel Hill. No, no, no. I, I want to know what songs three. your band play. What, what songs your band okay. play at halftime talking about <laughs> you? You know what, Bakari? I can't even. Walking, walking your, your Wi-Fi is like fuzzy. <laughs> I can't even really hear you no more. Nah, Bakari, that was great. I love y'all. Um, Have I love a good you. One. You're so, so brilliant. Much, man. Thank you, brother. Talk soon. All right. Y'all Bye. be safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I said, ooh, look at these slugs from North to South Carolina and vice. This is a good fight. It's a good rivalry. Yes. It is. It's a really good rivalry. And Bakari's dope. Um, Yes. And his whole family. I mean, you know, he comes from a long line of of prestigious civil rights activists and leaders and his dad. It's it's a whole thing. That's pedigree and legacy. Yeah. His his book, My Vanishing Country, again, New York Times bestselling authors, it tells the story Dustin of Bakari, but really it's the story of the black American South in modern times. Yeah. Um, I can tell you living in these coastal elite spaces in mm-hmm, New York, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I lived in LA for five years. Um, 
lot of folks that are just born and bred from these big city experiences, they really don't know how we're living down there they in don't. the South at all. They don't. And the Midwest is the same way. I'm from Michigan. And what a difference. Yeah. What a difference in the in the perspective. We're living in a different kind of black America. Yes. Um, and a, a shout out to Bakari for sharing that. Listen, thank y'all so much for listening. Please listen. Follow us. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Please subscribe. Help us get the word out about Holden Court. Check out our episode notes for links and additional information. We're going to always put resources down there for you guys to to learn and grow and give us feedback and and get us uh, the feedback that we need. Let us know what you like, what you want more of, so we can give it straight to you. Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions, in association with Dossie Media. And it's presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartMedia. Our sound engineers and editors for this episode were Fela Davis and Dennis on Beckoff. Now follow me on Instagram at Ebony K. Williams. Now that's Ebony with an I. Mm-hmm. And Dustin Ross is my name. And you can follow me at look at Dustin on Instagram. You post pictures of yourself. I that's what you do. You. Just look at Dustin. Look at Dustin. That's it. That's easy. Uh, listen, y'all, join us next week uh, when we will hold court again. We drop episodes every Wednesday. And in the meantime, if you got nothing from today's episode, <laughs> Go vote. November 3rd, spread the knowledge, spread the love. Not coronavirus, wear your mask, socially distance. That's right. But make your voices heard in that voting booth. We love you. Still on my grind, taking my time, stars aligning. We going hard, we came fast, perfect timing. Yeah, I so we going up, we from the islands. Yeah, came from the rub, we from the dirt, turned to a diamond.